Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, and you've joined us in the sixth Sunday of Ordinary Time. There was once a hard-charging executive from New York City who knew that her stress-filled corporate life was destroying her, so she decided she had to go on this week-long silent retreat to a convent of nuns. So on the first day, she was just struck by the beauty of this one particular nun who just had just this radiant face. It was cleaner and clearer and just more luminous and attractive than anyone she had ever met. But of course, being a silent retreat, the executive had only to wonder and admire the beauty from afar. She couldn't have a conversation with her. But finally, though, once the retreat was over, the businesswoman sought out this nun and had to ask her a secret. And she said, oh, sister, I just couldn't help but notice that you are so beautiful. And do you, do you use special creams or you, you take care of your face in a special way? And the nun just laughed at the surprise and said, oh, you think I'm beautiful? And the woman was taken aback. Of course you are. Why are you surprised? And the nun replied, well, I haven't looked at myself in a mirror in over 20 years. Anytime I enter a room with a mirror, I make a sacrifice and look away so that I don't become vain about my appearance. <laughs> it wasn't special creams or lotions that made this nun beautiful. It was the beauty of her soul that radiated upon her face. You know, a soul that is well-ordered and overflowing with virtue will shine with exceptional beauty. You know, I think about the beautiful face of Mother Teresa. Yeah, it was wrinkled and plain, but her smile and her eyes just told of Christ's presence in her soul. By contrast, I think a soul that's filled with vice reflects on the face as well. You know, I think of some of the pop stars and cultural icons of today. While even though they have access to the best and finest beauty products, they just have kind of like a hollowness in their eyes and almost like a creepy look, as if they were wearing a mask to hide their empty soul. And I was reminded of this in today's readings because they're all about leprosy. And leprosy, now called Hansen's disease, is a profoundly disfiguring disease of the skin, which thankfully now is rather easily treated with medicines. But even more disfiguring than this disease is a soul that is overflowing with the seven diseases of the seven deadly sins. Now, all of these sins afflict the human race in a larger or smaller degree, disfiguring that image of Christ within. But the good news is that there's an antidote to each of these disfiguring diseases. The first and most deadly of the seven deadly sins is pride. Pride says that we are the center of our own universe, that we get to determine right from wrong, that we don't need God. There's lots of symptoms of this disease. I think about there's a, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company who used to park in handicapped spots just because he could, because he thought, you know what? No one's going to stop me. I'm the CEO. <laughs> that actually really happened. You know, another symptom is we talk about ourselves all the time, boast about our achievements. Maybe a good symptom is we, if we don't pray, because that means we don't really think that we need God in our life. So what's the antidote? What's the medicine to this disease? What's humility? Now, the challenge with humility is that every time you think you're becoming more humble, you just lost it, right? But as C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Humility is recognizing that we are who we are before God and nothing more. One time someone complimented me on a homily and I said, well, oh, thanks, but you know, that, was, that was all God. And they replied, you know, if it was really all God, it would have been way better. <laughs> Ouch, but true, right? All that is in us, all that is good in us is from God. And as Mother Teresa used to say, we're just a pencil in the hand of God. That's all we are. A second deadly sin is greed. Greed, of course, is an unhealthy desire for material wealth and possessions. There were once two childhood friends who grew up but took different paths. One of them became fantastically wealthy, and the other man remained poor but had a deep faith in God. Towards the end of their lives, they met up again and reconnected, and after the meeting, the rich man seemed very troubled. His wife asked him what was wrong, and he replied, 
My friend is far happier than I, because he is going to claim his treasure, while I will soon be forced to leave mine behind. And the answer to that, that sin of, of greed, then, is generosity. You think about it. Money spent on vacation lasts for weeks. Many, money spent on clothes lasts for maybe years. But money dedicated to the Lord reverberates into eternity. A third disfiguring disease is wrath. Now, wrath is not the same as anger because there are times when anger is justified, right? I think of the American Revolution or the anger we feel if someone's hurting a family member. Anger itself is not a sin, but wrath is a corrupted, perverse form of anger where it's hatred and it fills you with a desire for revenge. The antidote to wrath, according to St. Thomas Aquinas, is actually not peacefulness, but justice, because justice leads to peace. Justice means to give everyone what we owe them. We owe God worship. We owe obedience to authorities. We owe compassion to our subordinates. We owe care for the poor. We owe respect and charity to one another. And once we have that respect and charity, we'll be filled with peace. All right, a fourth disease is sloth. Sloth, unlike those cute animals that lie around in eucalyptus trees, this kind of sloth is rather quite deadly because it means being lethargic and lazy, particularly in one's spiritual life. It's not just laziness in general, but particularly directed to the spiritual life. In fact, it's often called achadia, which is kind of that, that, that lackadaisicalness towards one's spiritual life. We see that in a lack of prayer or unenthusiasm for the mass or not having a desire for the heights of holiness. So the medicine then for sloth is zeal, stirring up in our hearts a passion for the Lord. Consider, for example, his goodness, or maybe consider the ultimate purpose of your life, to be with him forever. We need to exercise our desire for God like any muscle, and if you exercise a muscle, it grows stronger and increases. And so when we exercise our desire for God, it grows stronger and increases. A fifth disease is envy, being consumed for a des- with a desire for what others have. As a fable about how the Leaning Tower of Pisa came to be. Pisa had built this beautiful tower next to its church, and the nearby city of Lucca did the same. But Lucca was envious of the beautiful tower of Pisa, so men snuck into the city at night and dug beneath it to try to topple it. But it never fell, it only leaned. And because it leaned, it became a hundred times more famous and notable for its tilt. That's not a true story, of course, but it does make a powerful point that with the envy these men had, it actually ended up backfiring on them. So the antidote to the virtue uh, is the virtue of gratitude, whereby we're thankful for what we have. I mean, ultimately, who cares what the neighbors down the street have? We have so many blessings, so let's be thankful for them. A sixth, sixth disease is lust, the misuse of God's gift of sexuality. You know, if someone were to receive a gift, like maybe a beautiful or antique clock, and they use it as a doorstep, it would be an insult to the giver who gave them such a costly gift. Likewise, if a person were to misuse the incredible gift of sexuality by using it outside of marriage between a man and a woman open to life, then it's an insult to the giver. But lust is countered by chastity, the proper use of our sexuality. In fact, with all of God's gifts, using them rightly respects our human dignity and it keeps us from becoming like the animals because animals ultimately have no control over their bodily drives, but we as humans do. Finally, the seventh disease is gluttony, indulging in too much food or wine or sleep. And again, we use God's gifts well through the virtue of temperance. My friends, sin grotesquely disfigures the soul. And that's why when we look at the crucifix, it should disgust us to see a man who was beaten, whipped, bruised, swollen, blood oozing down his face. Christ wanted to give us a visual demonstration of the ugliness of sin. But by contrast, 
Virtue is beauty and radiant. So true beauty, then, is not found in the $1,700 worth of beauty products that the average American buys annually. Rather, true beauty is found in having a soul adorned with virtue where Christ lives within. (laughs) 